buy mushrooms, you have to look on the package and see if they were exposed to UV light and it'll say whether they have vitamin D in them or not. But if they don't, you can come home, you can put your mushrooms on a cookie sheet and put them outside in the sun and they will produce vitamin D. How cool is that? I mean, I think that's really amazing. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 174. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome back, veggie lovers, to another solo episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. Today, I am going to be talking about mushrooms. I know this can be a very divisive topic, because I feel like mushrooms are kind of like cilantro. You either love them or hate them. I am a mushroom lover. In fact, we've eaten mushrooms every night for the past three nights. I'm going to eat them again tonight because I happened to order a bunch from my imperfect box and then also from the grocery store and I just needed to eat them. And they are fabulous. So let me tell you about mushrooms. At the end, I'm going to tell you some cool facts and a little recipe that you might be able to make tonight. So first of all, what are mushrooms? Well, mushrooms are pretty cool. And I think this is one of the reasons why some people don't like them because they look a little funny. So they are a fleshy, spore-bearing, fruiting body of a fungus. And they typically grow above ground on soil or on its food source. That's something that grosses people out too because usually mushrooms grow on something that's rotting because it's using the energy and the nutrients from that rotting thing to grow. They're typically composed of a stem, a fleshy rounded cap, and gills on the underside of the cap. That's why they can also be called toadstools because they're so cute. I think they're cute. Now what's really cool is that mushrooms aren't actually vegetables. We typically think of them as vegetables and I think it's fine to think of them as vegetables, but if you wanna get on the technical level of this, they aren't vegetables. They're not animals. They belong to their own kingdom, the kingdom of fungi, their own kingdom. And they're actually genetically, if you examine or you look at the genetic structure of mushrooms, they are genetically closer to animals than they are to vegetables. Wow. There's over 2,000 
2,000 edible species of mushrooms in the world, over 2,000. Remember how we talked about before restriction and this false belief that a plant-based diet is restrictive? It's false, it is not restrictive. There's 2,000 species of edible mushrooms in the world. Now, the caveat of that is that some mushrooms are very difficult to cultivate, to grow commercially. And so they have to be harvested wild. So a lot of mushrooms are either harvested wild or cultivated, but it still includes a lot of species of mushrooms that you can get access to, that you can get your hands on. The white button mushroom is the most commonly consumed in the United States. I'm gonna do a separate episode on white and brown things that are actually packed with nutrition because we have this belief that things that don't have color, they don't have any nutrition, which I think in some ways it's probably good for us to look for very colorful, bright foods because that signals that it has all those phytonutrients in them. But even though white mushrooms look kind of bland and maybe they they look flavorless, they look that they don't have much, they're actually packed with nutrition. So let me talk about the most common mushrooms consumed in the United States. White button is the top. Cremini and Portobello. I'll tell you a fun fact about that later. Shiitake, my personal favorite, but I feel like I still need to continue to explore different kinds of mushrooms, but I love shiitake. Oh my gosh, I love them. Chanterelle, oyster, porcini, and morel. And I've never myself gone mushroom hunting, but I'm interested in this now. Hopefully I can learn this sometime in the next few years. But I had a friend that sent me some dried morels and I was able to reconstitute them and then cook them in a recipe. It was like a pasta recipe that I made. And if you've never had morel mushrooms, they have, you know, those like little fenestrations. I don't know how to describe it on, you know, the little cap has like, little fenestrations. And so whenever you cook it and you put it in a sauce, it's like almost like a waffle weave and it soaks up all of that yummy sauce. And when you bite into it, and my mouth is watering right now, but like I said, I'm a mushroom lover. If you've never had morels, try to get your hands on some. They're so delicious. Okay. So this is the most important part of this podcast episode is the nutrients in mushrooms. And my list is very long. First of all, they're low in calories. So if you are looking to decrease your calorie density and you want to eat more volume with higher nutrient density, but lower calorie density, mushrooms are gonna be your friend. Of course, my favorite, F word, fiber. They are packed with fiber. They have tons of antioxidants. One of the highest amounts of antioxidants can be found in mushrooms, polyphenols, carotenoids, zinc, selenium, potassium. You know, we talk about bananas being this huge source of potassium, but they're actually pretty low on the list. So mushrooms have a lot of potassium. Copper, thiamine, magnesium, phosphorus, B vitamins, beta-glucan. The other thing that's really interesting about mushrooms is that they're super low in calories, but for the amount of calories that they have, they actually have a really good amount of protein. So they have an excellent protein to calorie ratio. It's misleading because they're so low in calories that you do have to eat a greater volume. And so it seems like when you you look at this small volume that the protein amount is very low, but it actually is a good bang for your buck when it comes to protein intake, If you, especially if you wanna keep your calories low. They also have this amino acid, which I don't even know how to pronounce, 
ergothionine. I think that's what it is, ergothionine. And this amino acid is very special, not found in very many things, but mushrooms have this and it can help with a lot of stuff, which I'll talk about later. The other super cool thing about mushrooms is that if you expose them to UV light, they produce vitamin D just like we do in our own skin. So cool. Now, if you, you can either do this yourself or whenever you buy mushrooms, you have to look on the package and see if they were exposed to UV light and it'll say whether they have vitamin D in them or not. But if they don't, you can come home, you can put your mushrooms on a cookie sheet and put them outside in the sun and they will produce vitamin D. How cool is that? I mean, I think that's really amazing. Let's talk about the health benefits of mushrooms. Of course, because they have all these antioxidants, polyphenols, carotenoids, all of these amazing nutrients, they may have an anti-inflammatory effect. So we want to eat foods that are high in antioxidants to decrease the inflammation in our body, to combat the inflammation in our body. They may also boost immune function. They've done studies on this. They did this one study on children actually that had allergic rhinitis, so kind of seasonal allergies where you get the runny nose. They fed them more mushrooms and it boosted their immune cells, but it also blunted their allergy symptoms. So try it. If you have seasonal allergies, maybe eat more mushrooms and see if that helps you or not. They've also done studies with people that have breast cancer and it may suppress the estrogen synthase, which is an enzyme involved in breast cancer. So they've done Petri dish studies and they've actually done human studies on this to show that it may help with that. It also may exert other anti-cancer effects for other types of cancers and antioxidant effects. What's really cool is that it may have protective effects in the brains of older adults. So for those of us interested in decreasing our risk of dementia, Alzheimer's, of degenerative brain diseases that happen when we get older, mushrooms is a great way to decrease the effects of that. And in addition, we know how important our gut bugs are, how important it is to keep them happy, to foster those colonies, and we're gonna learn more and more about that. So mushrooms are a prebiotic and they stimulate the growth and survival of beneficial strains of the bacteria and the organisms in your gut. Okay, so I was gonna take a little segue here because right now, so I live in Washington state and we have a huge fire. So every summer, there's just lots of fires now. And this year is really, really big fire, very close. It is so smoky. The air quality index is so high that now my nose is constantly running. I'm sneezing all day long. I, you know, redness and burning. So sorry if I have to take a moment and wipe my nose. It's not fun. Okay, so how much should we eat? Remember, this is just for a reference point and to give you an idea, especially if you are new to trying to include more fruits and vegetables into your diet. This is not a command and it's, I don't want you to take it to a place where you feel like it's restrictive or anything, just to kind of give you an idea. Now for the US dietary guidelines, mushrooms are classified under the quote, other vegetable category, end quote, and they recommend aiming for at least three cups of vegetables per day, three cups total vegetables per day. A serving of mushrooms is about a cup 
or 96 grams. Most of the time you're going to be cooking mushrooms. So just remember that it seems like a lot, but when you cook it, it cooks down to really small. So it's not that difficult to get mushrooms in. It's more about the habit of buying them, trying to use them in different ways, preparing them in different ways, etc. So try it, see. And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family. DrYami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. Dr. Joel Furman, who has the book Eat to Live, he has a little acronym, which is G-BOMBS, G-B-O-M-B-S. And the M stands for mushroom. So he recommends aiming to eat these foods, the G-BOMB foods every day. Let's make sure I remember this correctly. I might get it wrong. So G is going to be your green leafy vegetables. One of the B's is berries onions, mushrooms, beans, and seeds, okay? So those are the foods that he feels are most packed with nutrients, so most nutrient-dense that he recommends including in your everyday meals, okay? So mushrooms is on there. If you're new to mushrooms and or maybe you've been grossed out by them in the past and maybe you're gonna try to see if you can learn to like them, what are some ways that you can incorporate mushrooms into your meals? For breakfast, one of the easiest ways is to put them into a scramble. As plant-based people, the types of scrambles you can make is tofu. You can do a tofu scramble. You can do a chickpea scramble. So good. Potato scramble. So basically, you want to just get all your veggies, chop them up, saute them, soften them, then add your tofu or your chickpeas or your potatoes, season a little bit of salt, a little bit of hot sauce if you want. So good, so filling, so satisfying. And mushrooms are so yummy because they have that meaty, that meaty bite, that umami. For lunch, you can toss them into salads. Now, for the most part, you do want to cook your mushrooms, but having a small amount of raw mushrooms is okay. You know, you just don't want to overdo it on the raw side just because they can have some toxins in there that can affect you negatively. So most of the time you want to cook them. So you can either saute them, roast them, pan fry them, bake them, whatever you want to do, but tossing them into salads is really yummy. Obviously stir fry, that's similar to the breakfast veggie scramble, similar. So you stir fry it with veggies, then add some rice or noodles or whatever you want. One of my favorite, favorite ways to eat mushrooms is in pasta. And I particularly love it with creamy sauces. You already know I like the creamy things. I just do. I like having a little fat in there. But pasta with mushrooms and garlic. Oh my gosh. Roasted garlic, mushrooms, and a creamy pasta. My mouth is watering. It goes amazing on pizza. Everybody in my family loves mushroom on pizza. And if you can get some really yummy exotic mushrooms that have different levels of chewiness and flavors, oh my gosh, that just literally elevates your pizza to gourmet levels. I mean, they're gonna just think you are 
master chef, okay? Goes great on pizzas. Now, mushrooms, because they have that meaty bite, because they have that umami flavor, another way that you can use them is either to completely replace all or part of meat in a ground beef, ground pork, whatever kind of recipe you're making. And nobody's gonna know. In fact, it makes it juicier, it makes it yummier and healthier. You're getting that fiber, you're getting that antioxidant in. If you're gonna do a completely plant-based thing like I do, I like to mix mushrooms with walnuts and lentils and then cook that. So you want everything to kind of be, you can put it in your food processor or kind of pulse it in the Vitamix to make everything kind of that texture of a ground meat product. Then you saute it with all your spices that you would season a meat with. It is so good. It is so good. It's perfect for taco nights, make enchiladas. I mean, it is amazing. You can use that, have another kind of um, like a grain or something like that. And you can even make a plant-based meatloaf, things like that. But the mushrooms go great because like I said, it has that flavor, it has that juiciness, and you're adding all these other nutrients. And I think most people know portobello caps because they're big and they're round and they just lend themselves to that. You can use them in replacing a burger or a steak, season it well, grill it, pan saute it. It's really good. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. Okay, let me talk about some fun facts about mushrooms. A few of these I've already mentioned. Mushrooms can also be called toadstools. That's so cute. You could just imagine the little frog sitting up there. It's like his little, his little chair, you know, he's so happy. 
There is no single trait by which all toxic mushrooms can be identified. So don't get too excited and go out into the woods and just start picking random mushrooms and eating them. You really need to know what you're doing. Preferably go with somebody that knows what they're doing. Like I've never done it before, so I would not trust myself to be able to pick edible mushrooms. But the thing is, is that I can't say, hey, all toxic mushrooms have this or this and all, all edible mushrooms have this or this. You have to have experience. You have to know. So don't try to just do it on your own. China is the world's top producer of cultivated mushrooms, but the U.S. is in the top five. Mushroom consumption has risen 21-fold over the last 56 years. So congrats, y'all. You are eating more mushrooms. Yay. Mushrooms are 80 to 90% composed of water. Remember, they are calorie dilute, but nutrient dense is a really good bang for your buck. Mushrooms naturally contain glutamate and that's what gives them that umami flavor. Like I said, if they're exposed to UV light before or after harvest, so you can do this yourself, they convert the ergosterol to vitamin D2. The white button mushroom, cremini, and portobello are technically the same mushroom. They're just in different stages of growth. Cool, huh? There are over 30 species of mushrooms that glow in the dark. Now, I don't know if any of these are edible, so if you see a glow-in-the-dark mushroom, it's probably better not to eat it, but it's kind of cool looking. Mushrooms can be used to create vibrant dyes. Okay, there is a mushroom. It's called the Matsutake mushroom. Matsutake. It is the world's most expensive mushroom and it costs about $1,000 per pound. It's found in Japan, but because it is getting harder and harder to find, it's like a very specific way that it grows on a very specific kind of tree. So it's getting more and more rare. As it gets more and more rare, it's getting more and more expensive, $1,000 per pound. Would you ever eat a mushroom that costs $1,000 per pound? I mean, that must taste amazing, I guess. People who love to eat or hunt mushrooms are called mycophiles. So I guess I'm a mycophile because I love to eat them. Hopefully someday I'll be able to hunt them. In contrast, mycophobia is a fear of mushrooms, fungus, or mold. Are you, are, are you a mycophobe or a mycophile? I hope that you are a mycophile or that someday you will become a mycophile. All right, this is really cool. The largest living organism on earth, it's not a whale, it's not a tree. It's a fungus. It is the honey mushroom. It spans 965 hectares, over 3.5 miles long. And it is located right next door to me in the state of Oregon. It also glows at night because it has bioluminescent bacteria on its surface. It is somewhere between 2,400 and 8,650 years old. Now, it sounds really cool, but the, the thing about fungus is that it's not just like it's not just like this one big organism. The reason they know it's one big organism is because it's connected underground. So it's a little bit cheating, but it has something called the mycelium, which is the roots basically of the fungus connecting it underground. So you don't just see like three miles of this one huge fungus, but they know it's the same because they've tested the genetics of it and they know that it spans this entire area. But the not so cool thing about this mushroom is that it's a parasitic mushroom, so it can bring down and affect 
trees and kill them. So that's not so cool, but it's kind of cool. There's a documentary that I saw. It's called Fantastic Fungi on Netflix. Watch it. It's really cool. Have an open mind because they talk about magic mushrooms as well, but it's kind of interesting to learn about it. And now they're doing research on it and it may help a lot of people. So I don't know. I'd love to know what you think about that. Okay. This is the last interesting, maybe creepy thing, but I, this wasn't in the documentary, Fantastic Fungi. They talked about other parasitic funguses on there, fungi. Why did I say funguses? Because fungi is the plural. But they talked about other parasitic fungi on there. But this one, my kids and I watched on a nature documentary, and I was blown away. I mean, fungi are just, wow, so weird. There is something called the zombie fungus. It's the Ophiocordyceps unilateralis, okay? Say that fast three times. Ophiocordyceps unilateris. It affects ants in the rainforest after it infects these ants. So it gets inside their bodies. The spores go inside the ants' bodies. The fungus somehow is able to control the body of this ant so that the ant starts seeking out the best food source for the fungus. Once it finds that food source, which, you know, fungus likes to grow in dark, warm, and moist environments, so it finds this food source, it attaches its mandibles to it, so it just kind of does this death bite, and it dies. And then the fungus starts growing inside of it, and the fruiting bodies come up through its head, and more spores come and infect more ants, and there's like all these zombie ants walking around looking for dark, warm, moist things. They clamp down and die. Wow, that's incredible. And there's more funguses that kind of act in that interesting kind of zombie-like way. Incredible. Funguses are going to be here long after we're here, y'all. Okay, so if that didn't freak you out too much, let's talk about the perfect Portobello burger. So as you know, I'm a food for life instructor through the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. I think they have amazing recipes. So if you look up perfect Portobello burger, PCRM, Google that, then you'll be able to find this recipe. I will also be posting it on my social media and my newsletter. So if you haven't already subscribed to my newsletter, why not go for it? So this is what they recommend to making a perfect portobello burger. So this serves to two large mushroom caps, but then you're gonna need garlic, cloves, salt, smoked paprika, malt vinegar or balsamic, roasted red pepper, romaine lettuce, yellow onion, and of course some hamburger buns if you wanna eat it in burger style. So you're going to saute water in a pan, add your garlic, salt, smoked paprika, warm that up, and then put in the portobello caps, cook them on one side, turn them on the other side, and then fry it down until all the water has evaporated from the pan. And then you're going to get that portobello and put it on your burger. So Put your onion, your lettuce, your roasted red pepper on there. Sprinkle the malt vinegar on the portobello burger and you are good to go. So very simple, very yummy. If you want to have that juicy, meaty taste, want some nutrients and fiber, want something different. So that is my episode on mushrooms. I hope that this has taught you a little bit something, something fun, interesting, useful in your life, and you will be exploring more mushroom varieties. I know I will. And in a lot of places, you might be able to find a nearby mushroom farm where they grow different 
varieties that you can try that you've never tried before. Each type of mushroom is different. They look different. They have different textures and flavors. And of course, because of that, they have different nutrients in them. So give it a try. I hope you like it. Let me know. Email me if you're a member of my newsletter, then you can reply to the newsletter or you can email me at yami at dryami.com spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-A-M-I. Thank you so much, veggie lovers, for sticking with me in this episode, and I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Hey, veggie lover, I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here, and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day.